Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. This is your host, Lawson. Ooh, filling in here. Ooh, this, is, this is odd, but it's the L&M team, but now Lawson and Monica. Yes, I have upgraded for a younger model. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lyle. <laughs> I mean, that's usually what the guys do now. It's time for the girls <laughs> to upgrade for a younger model. Yes, Lyle and Shell are away enjoying their, I think it's a 23rd or 24th honeymoon, um, honeymoon, uh, wedding anniversary. They're having a little getaway, midweek getaway down to Manly Beach. They're going to enjoy some some quiet time together. So yeah, we wish them a very happy anniversary. Congratulations to them. Uh, we're going to have some fun without them, aren't we? Yes, yes, <laughs> When we the cat's are. away. <laughs> we will play. Yes. But anyway, what are you faithful for? Today? Thankful. Oh, this morning, I'm really actually just thankful for you. And I, I think I said this every time you come and fill in but I'm so grateful that we have someone who's local who loves to do this ministry who believes in this ministry and who comes in and uh, and just helps at such short notice and with such enthusiasm like I, I really am grateful for you what are you Amazing. grateful for? I am so thankful to be here. I'm really thankful for a church camp that we just recently had uh, where people were baptized and it was amazing. Shout out Jenny and Azza. Um, but yeah, I am just so stoked. Life is good, man. God is good, even though it's raining outside while we're recording this. Yeah, but, here in Newcastle. Yeah. Well, we also had one of our one of our listeners, one of our faithful listeners, uh, Ben in uh, Sunshine Coast up in Queensland. He messaged in his gratitude story. I wanted to share it. He said that he's grateful um, that while mountain biking on Sunday afternoon, he was grateful for the incredible Aussie bush that we have around us, uh, the fitness to enjoy an adventure through it, having friends to ride with, plus making new ones during the ride. So yeah, must have been a really great Sunday for him. Uh, text us what you're grateful for. We love sharing gratitude stories. 0491064669 is our texting number. Of course, uh, this is today is a Wednesday, the 28th of November, um, but you're listening to the delayed broadcast, so we're not sure when it is you actually get this show, but you can jump across the live show very easily. Just call us, 1-800-FAITH-FM, and hassle us to get the live show to you, and we will. Lives, I can face tomorrow because No more sun 
Welcome back to Faith FM. You are listening this morning. It is currently 7.09 in the morning and you're probably listening right across Australia on either our TuneIn app or 87.6 or 87.8 or 88, wherever you are, wherever you're listening. And man, that, that was a banger. I love it. <laughs> it was beautiful. That was so good. Beautiful that was, song. That yeah. was the anthem lights with the Easter melody. And it's, it's very oh, beautiful. So good. Just awesome way to start the day. This is one of the reasons why I like having you on the show, Lawson, because you're so into the music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you love the tunes we play on The Breakfast Show, as you should. They're really good stuff. Hey, let me hit you with the quiz this right. morning. Hit me up. Okay, What's so the Lawson, I don't know how, how you do it with, uh, with Lyle when I'm gone, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to share the clues. I'm not going to tell you what the answer Ooh. is, right? Ooh. Ooh, I'm like the pseudo Lyle. I'm like the quasi Lyle. Well, this we're going to see. Awesome. We're going to see because if someone can answer it before you get it right, I'm going to hand out double prizes to them. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So this might this might be a fine chance. It's only happened twice in the entire history of Faith FM that someone's answered the quiz before Lyle and both times it was a kid. <laughs> Like some eight-year-old kid called up and just smashed Lyle and got two prizes that morning. Okay, so this morning it's a what creature am I quiz. Mm -hmm. Tobiah the Ammonite criticized the work the Jews had done rebuilding the wall. He said if this creature climbed on it, he would break down their wall of stones. Don't say it out loud if you know what it is, Lawson. You're going to have to write it down on a piece of paper if you think you know what it is. I might know what it is, but we'll... We'll you can take a guess, just scribble on a piece of paper and then show it to me. And then if you're right, we'll have one prize and he is wrong. It's not that creature. Sorry, Lawson. Ouch. Oh, Ooh. give us a call quick if you know the answer. There's double prizes up for t- uh, today. Give us a call. Number one is 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. No, Lawson's still wrong. He's taking multiple <laughs> guesses now. <laughs> Just got to write down every single animal he can think of. <laughs> you can text your answers if you like. 0491 is our texting number. Are you looking it up right now? You're Googling it, no, 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 This is, this is. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> this is for the new story. <laughs> Come on, guys. I'm better than that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I have some really cool news for you, Lawson. <laughs> You're laughing. What's up? Okay, so Richard Branson. I love it when rich people get involved with stuff and making worldwide mm-hmm. change. Because you think, you know, of all the people who are capable of doing it, billionaires mm-hmm. should be like the number one, right? Mm-hmm. So Sir Richard Branson, squizillionaire, inventor, yeah. businessman. Owner um, of Virgin. Owner of Virgin, that's right. Uh, he has decided that he will give $3 million to whoever can save the planet by reinventing the air conditioner. How good is that? You know what I think? What? I think that what he's going to do is he's going to get that. Because imagine if someone builds an alternate <laughs> yep. uh, alternate air energy air conditioner, right? Mm-hmm. How much money they would get from licensing that. Yeah. For, like, it's, it's, probably, it's probably like T's and C's, like the fine print. We own your invention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're going to own the patent to that world-saving yeah, air conditioner. It's, it's, you know, I didn't think about that, but that's absolutely true. I was thinking how great it would be for me, right? Yeah. Because I, I do like air conditioning. I'm not going to lie. I'm an air conditioner lover. Mm-hmm. But I hate how much it costs to run yeah. an air conditioner. Well, Even the newer ones, they're just like they're just mm-hmm. a, such a power sucker. Yeah. And, uh, and so this will be great because hopefully if um, they make one that uses less power or you know reduces carbon, mm-hmm. whatever it is, yeah. It's going to be cheaper to run, right? It's yeah, a bit more fully. expensive to purchase, but I'm sure it'll be cheaper to run in the long term. So, um, do you have any ideas right now on 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 Well, I know that like in ancient uh Egypt, they had a system where they had like like a beaded curtain mm-hmm. and they would drip water down the beads and then um waft 
a breeze, like th- I guess maybe slaves mm-hmm. did that part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with like uh, with palm branches wafted mm-hmm. through the curtain of water, mm-hmm. and the water would cool as it went through the curtain of these um, you know beads of the water on it, and then it would you know be cool cooler on the other side where the queen sat. So, mm. well, I'm thinking we could possibly solve any unemployment problems that we're facing. <laughs> Because I, I actually came up with the same idea in my head as you told me that. I was like, man, we could just get some dudes who yeah. are struggling to find work. Yeah. Just pay them to come out and hold a palm leaf or, you know, the the modern equivalent, maybe a carbon fiber palm leaf that is yes. you know, all adjustable yes. and stuff. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they just sit there and fan you. Lawson, that's a great idea. And, and you can imagine because the people doing that would get really fit. So you could be like, uh-huh. you know what, it's almost like we're paying you to go to the gym, just sit on this like bike that's all hooked up and then just pedal us and give us power. Oh. Let's let's just we yeah. should hit up Richard Branson. Yeah, I think dude, we just won three million dollars, Lawson. <laughs> I think we're down. no one steal our idea. Okay, <laughs> no, not only did we fix the air conditioning problem, we also solved like unemployment, unemployment. <laughs> and like obesity <laughs> as well. And obesity. <laughs> High five, Lawson. We got this down pat. <laughs> so this is what happens when when young great minds, minds come, come together. together you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm actually a little bit astounded because apparently there are about four point five billion. Air conditioning units mm-hmm. generating tens of thousands um, wow. of tons of carbon carbon emissions as a byproduct, mm-hmm. and uh, and so he so yeah this is why Richard Branson uh, launched this international competition, and um, I'm really I'm really interested to see what everyone else comes up. With. I mean we just solved it, we know that. I'm I'm keen to see what the lesser mortals come up. With. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some some engineers like yeah. sitting in like yeah. Yale University, like coming uh-huh, up with this uh-huh. thing. We just solved it right here, Faith FM. It's, yeah. it's the power power of prayer. If dude. you think you have a good idea, go Google it. It's called the Global Cooling Prize. Um, I actually, do you know what? They do have parameters. So it has okay. to have five times less of the environmental impact as a standard unit, but for less than two times the shelf price. Okay. Mm. How much How much do we need to pay someone? I think that's the real question. Yeah. That, okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's the minimum wage? And how many conditioning units can one guy pedal? Like, you know, if he's pedaling mm-hmm. along, maybe he can power multiple ones, not just one. Yeah. 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 And then you can split the cost of his day's wages between... Like several, yeah. like a whole street, a whole neighborhood maybe. Maybe even. he's like a really nice volunteer. Yes, we can get people who want to do good, yeah. but reverse yeah. their carbon footprint. Yeah. Or give maybe back. we could set up an entire gym. <gasps> oh, that, yes. That- Have you seen that? There's actually gyms now where you can, um, they, they capture the power that you emit mm-hmm. by running on treadmills and bikes and they actually there's a there's a like a glow chart thing that you know with the lights go up and down as you like basically charge a battery and it's so cool i've seen there's a couple of gyms in america that do it and i'm yeah. like well, every gym should be doing this because people go there and expel so much energy mm-hmm. they should be capturing that 100 percent, yeah 100 percent. so look we've we've just solved all the world's problems Probably. like what what's next <laughs> got a problem give us a call right now <laughs> Lost in a monitor on it. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> well, this is really cool because the Indian government has also gotten behind this uh, this competition mm-hmm. um, because their nation's residents are expected to buy one billion air conditioning units in the coming decades. India, a wow. hot place, very, mm-hmm. very densely populated. There's a huge amount of the world's population lives in India. So you can imagine why the Indian government mm-hmm. is like, do you know what? We need to get behind this project. So yeah, give that a, give that a shot. Uh, Global Cooling Prize. Let's, uh, let's win that. And, um, and keep that money in Australia. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you a really sweet story before we run out of time. This is so amazing. All right, hit us. I, oh, I'm, oh. 
So there's, you know what Walmart is, right? Walmart yeah. is a huge American shop uh, store. It's a bit like, imagine they combined Woolies and Target mm-hmm. and Big W all into one mega store. Mm-hmm. And that's what Walmart is. Yeah. And uh, it's, they're huge. They're all over the States. And um, a Chris Kringle has anonymously walked into a Walmart in Vermont. He went to the back of the shop. You know where, you know where people go to seek their stuff on lay-by? Mm-hmm. He goes to the lay-by counter and he says... I want to pay off every single lay-by that wow. you have in your store right now and just anonymously paid for everybody's Christmas lay-bys. Just boom, paid the ball off in one hit. I just, I just, like, it's just blowing my mind because. <laughs> Man, you know what people buy from Walmart on Christmas? I know. Like, Kim, this I, is a real sh- I mean, if, store, even just know? thinking, you know, here and in Target, in Australia, any given Target's going to have thousands and thousands and thousands of st- dollars worth of stuff on lay-by. Just mm. a little Aussie Target. Can you mm. imagine an entire Walmart? Yeah. And, you know, the, um, the. The, the staff there at the Walmart were just, they were crying. They were just like so impressed with this guy. And he yeah. said, you know, there were people who had, you know, eight, nine thousand hundred dollar um, laybys. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this guy just walked in and just paid them all off. And uh, and when they you know asked him, well, what can we tell the people? Like you know you know what should we tell them? Like what's your name? You know the people were going to want to thank you. And he's like, tell them that Santa Claus did it. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? Yeah. So yeah, so a lot of people uh, came to pick up their. They, you know, they suddenly got these random messages saying that their layby had been paid off and they could come get it. And people were just like turning up in tears and just taking yeah. away all their that's Christmas amazing. stuff. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful, beautiful idea. Um, so yeah, maybe uh, if anyone out there feeling generous just <laughs> the target in uh, Glendale <laughs> I'm yeah, going to put yeah. some stuff on my buy <laughs> hit us up <laughs> no no but it's definitely this giving attitude um, that I enjoy the most about Christmas mm-hmm. not so much the, the commercialization um, and the materialism of Christmas mm-hmm. but it's the giving stories that come out that I love to focus on and that really warm my heart and if anyone knows of a giving story, give me a call. Let me know. We're going to share it on air. Christmas is going to be good this year. 1-800-FAITH-FM.
Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8, and 88. And I guess it's time for another clue. Yes, indeed. Uh, give us a call if you know the answer to this clue- quiz. It's a what creature am I quiz, the second clue being Jesus said Herod was this kind of animal. Mm. Ooh, okay. Sounds like some hard words from Jesus right there. Uh, Give ouch. us a call if you get the answer right. We're going to send you a prize. The prize is a wonderful book by Roger Hernandez called Failure is Not Final, The Art of Stepping Out in Faith. So everyone loves a winner. No one wants to walk around with a big L stamped in the middle of their forehead. We all want to be part of the winning team. But statistics remind us that everyone, yes, everyone, including you, Lawson and I. Ouch will experience failure in their lives. It's a fact, but this book is written to get you past your failures to the success that is often just one step beyond. Um, so the difference between successful achieving people and average people is their perception and response mm-hmm. to failure. So this author, Roger Hernandez, uses biblical principles and stories, practical advice, and Bible promises to guide you through the why, what, and how of failure. You'll examine the reasons why we fail, what lessons we can learn from failure, and how we can react in a healthy, optimistic way to failure. I think this is a really great book because people mm. yeah, people do get discouraged by failure. Fully. And we have to remember that the struggle is a sign of life and to mm. keep getting up. Just keep getting up. I think that's the amazing thing about Christianity and, and my experience being that in in failure there's hope. Yeah. Um, that we ha- we have somewhere to be. It's not just this life isn't just the, the end um, of of all things. Um, that's right. And you know, we know from the Bible, the Bible says um you know that God is faithful and just to forgive us mm-hmm. our sins and cleanse us from all our righteous unrighteousness. When we, when we, when we stuff up, when we make mistakes, He's always going to be there, um, looking out for us because He loves us so much. Um, That's right, and the, and there can be positive benefits to accompany negative experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just like like this guy says, just because you fail doesn't mean you are a failure. Failure uh, can teach you, but it doesn't have to define you. Um, so this is a really useful book, and I, and I hugely recommend it. Um, failure is not final. The art of stepping out in faith by Roger Hernandez. Mm. That's our prize for today. If you can tell me the correct answer to the quiz, of course. All right. Now, we've got some news, some, oh. some international news. Okay, so this is coming out of the Middle East, and this story is super important. We actually have talked about it on air um, a few times. I remember last time I was here, Lyle was talking about it, um, that one of the biggest food crises in the world. Where, okay, if, if, you, if the headline food crisis came up, mm. where would you say that was? Uh, Africa. Ooh, you're close. This is actually coming out of the Middle East. So, the biggest food crisis happening in our world today is in Yemen. Oh, really? And it's because of the current civil war that's going on over there. So, there's been these massive food crises just in general, like terrorist attacks and death. And um, because it's been this this big uh, civil war going on between the the government and these rebels um, and Subsequently, um, Yemen has split into different factions and it's martial law and it's just crazy and wild. But this week, peace talks between all sides in Yemen, in the Yemen conflict, um, look set to resume in Sweden. So all the leaders of all these factions have come together, you know, from the government, um, from the the Houthi rebels, like all these people are coming together and having peace talks. So that they can get past this and, and try and reunite the country again, which is just awesome um, because there, yeah, there have been so many depth, 
deaths, sorry, uh, so so much food crisis going on over there. Um, people have been struggling. And now to see after four years that they're finally making steps towards coming back together and peace, it's just, it's really good. Yeah, it is really good, but sometimes I feel like it's too little too late. I mean, Fully. could the government not have... You know, so four years is a long time to mm. let your to let your country starve and die from starvation. Yeah, I think you got to imagine like because at this point it's the United Nations stepping in and saying like from a you know a human rights peace perspective, whereas before it was it was literally the government warring with um, these rebel factions to try and gain control over the country. It's um, it's a lot different to Australia. It's not like... Because in Australia and most third world developed countries, like we, the government has so much power. Um, so they could, I guess, sort out something like that. Not only with, not only with you know, its military strength, but also with diplomacy. Whereas in Yemen, a country that's underdeveloped, it's third world. Um, you can imagine that, man, yeah, it's just been a crazy struggle and this war's been going on and there's been thousands and thousands um, of deaths. But finally, like... It, there's hope in sight. There's mm. there's an end in sight. They're talking. Amen. They're getting together. They're we need to keep that in prayer. We need to mm. keep our world leaders in prayer for sure. Hundred percent. Well, actually, you know, it says <laughs> in in First Timothy chapter two um, that we should pray for all men, for kings, for men in high pr- places, which is something that's kind of crazy because I feel like like you know I'll be the first to admit that I do not do that often enough. I'm mm-hmm. I'm pretty often I'm like I pray for myself I pray for my family I pray for my immediate circle because I think like oh yeah those are the people I know and that's who it's going to affect but the Bible's like really clear, yeah like, I think there is a measure of doubt that we experience mm-hmm. with you know it was like what's the point is is my prayer going to change anything for like Donald Trump or the president of yeah. Yemen yeah you know well I think when we realize like everyone's human. Yes, and everyone's right. bound to the same, you know, plights uh, and struggles. In they're life, all you know? human, and our God is still God. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Man, I, that's 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 really awesome. That's mm-hmm. a really good point, actually. Uh, it, well, that is sort of shown um, the most to me in the Book of Daniel. Yeah. Where Daniel's like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's in Daniel Absolutely. chapter eight, where mm-hmm. he, he receives the vision of the 2300 days, and he's so worried and and nervous about that because he's like, oh man. You know, we're supposed to be released from here. He, he considers the words of the book of Jeremiah. He's like, we're supposed to be released from Babylon after 70 years. Yet this is saying 2300 days. So he starts praying. He starts praying for like Darius um, the Great, the one who's leading mm-hmm. Medo-Persia at the time at, at, at Babylon. Because uh, Cyrus the Great, he's like the, the top king. He's out taking nations. And then you've got Darius. And Daniel's there like praying for him like that they can like work this out and, and, and rebuild Jerusalem. And yeah, so we just need to do the same. Yeah, good challenge for our listeners to pray for our leaders. Uh, we'll just have a caller come through who wants to have a crack at the quiz, Lawson. Ooh, ooh. Uh, so if you want to take any last guesses, better write them on that piece of paper there quick. Uh, who do we have on the phone? I think it's uh, Pam. Is that Pam? Are you, are you on the phone there? Yeah, I'm here. Good morning, Pam. How's it going? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, you have an I answer for our to make quiz. It home in time. Oh, good! Before the rain hit, you mean? No, normally I'm out in the car when the quiz is all happening. Oh, I see. Oh, oh excellent! I've managed to make it home in time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's good to hear. First time you can have a crack at it. So, what do you reckon the answer is, Pam? 
Is it a fox by any chance? Yes, Ooh. it is. Ooh. Good job, Pam. Oh, I'm loving it. Good First on, time yeah. she gets to play, she gets it right. Pam, we're going to send you a copy of Failure Is Not Final, but wonderful it- book by Roger Hernandez. And because you figured out just before Lawson did, I'm also going to send you a copy of a brand spanking new Bible. I was just going through. I was thinking like, man... What is this thing? Oh, <laughs> he was, was getting thinking, close. He was getting close. I thought about all the animals that is like, oh, f- foxes have holes. Yeah. And like <laughs> birds have nests, but I just couldn't get it. Like, oh, well, congratulations, Pam, and good on you. All right, Lawson. What else is happening around the world? All right. This next story is wild. Okay. Okay. This is, okay. This is, this is like hectic, like in a bad way, but it's been resolved and it's okay. So, um, Last year, yes. this guy from Germany attacked a German to- soccer team bus okay. um, with explosives. Okay. And it was like it was like wild. But they're, they're, the explosives weren't too big um, and only two people were minorly injured. But other than that, like, it was all good. Mm-hmm. But um, this man, this German man, he's now being sentenced to, to 28 accounts, um, 28 counts of attempted murder. Um, and he's going to get four t- uh, 14 years in prison. So that's like, that's like wild. But what... What, like, was crazy about this story is... Okay, so this guy's not, like, a jihadi terrorist or Mm -hmm. anything. What would be the reason that you would attack a soccer bus if you were going to attack... A soccer bus. Is this one of those incel guys? No, 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 no. This is just a guy, just, like, he... Imagine someone with no political agenda. I have no idea. Tell like me. why? Well, for me, I would think like, man, maybe he's just a massive fan of the. Oh yeah, yeah, team. yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I'm maybe like, man, maybe he just a crazy wants to fan. Win. But that's not actually the reason. I was really surprised by this. The reason he attacked the bus is because he he bet against. Well, he he bet that the price of the so this was against the dormant um, team the dormant soccer team, he bet against it that their stock price would drop. (gasps) And he was like, if I attack the bus, the stock price is going to drop and I'm going to make heaps of cash. (gasps) What a a horrible man. man. That is like hectic. That is so disgusting. Well, he's now, he was, uh, he's a German man of Russian descent. um, And, you know, he's been living in Germany since he was 13. He's now like 28. And it's, it's good that he's, he's been sentenced and he's done now. Um, But man, I just read this story this morning. I was like, that is a hectic. The love of money will make people do absolutely mm. bonkers things. Mm. There's another reason why we need to f- make sure that God is the center of our lives and not money so that we don't end up attacking buses full 100%. of soccer people. Well, he actually testified uh, in, in January this year that he didn't mean to kill or hurt anyone with the attack. He just, I don't know. Wanted to scare them and drop the price. Scare them. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think... And it ended up one of the defenders on the soccer team uh, was injured. So one of the actual players and a security guard uh, was injured. But other than that, everyone was okay. So obviously they weren't like crazy high tech blow up the bus bombs. But because there was three of them, there was three explosions apparently. But it was enough to, to injure someone. So yeah, dude, the guy the guy deserves it. But I yeah. just I just think that's crazy. It like, is crazy. <laughs> that is the most elaborate. Have you seen the movie The Big Short or like you, no? You know about the whole like in the global financial crisis how people bet against the the housing market collapsing. Oh, okay, and so yeah, they, yeah. They made money off the global financial crisis. Uh huh. Like. 
man okay so that's that's pretty wild making yeah. money off the global financial crisis but these guys like i'm gonna bet against so, dormant yeah. soccer teams so their price drops and gonna blow them up so, so disgraceful thing make sure you have god <laughs> in the center of your life yeah. please so you don't uh get this love of money clouding our judgment and, and uh convince you to do terrible things this is erica monique with the song everlasting
Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to the Breakfast Show this morning with Lawson and Mon filling in for Lyle, my upgraded younger model. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> Did Lyle's cop it, man? <laughs> well, he's not here to defend himself, so <laughs> we've got to take as many shots as we can. Anyway, congratulations to Pam again from Albury for winning this morning's Breakfast Bible Quiz. So that's been snapped up, so stay tuned for tomorrow's Breakfast Bible Quiz. You can test yourself. Of course, we still have one more giveaway at the end of the show, so stay Stay tuned yeah. for that one. But at the moment, we're going to launch into our interview session. We have on the phone with us today a doctor, would you believe, Dr. Nick Ooh. Tisang. Welcome to the show, Dr. Nick. Hi. Thanks for that, guys. Hey, it's really great to have you on board. Um, so I have like this lump on my elbow and I was wondering, no, nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be that kind of an interview. Don't worry. I don't you know, know it'd be funny. If he was yeah, just, today's my day off. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. It'd be what? really funny if he was just someone with a doctorate, but wasn't yeah, like a medical yeah. doctor. <laughs> well, I want some free medical advice. Isn't this like a perk that I get for doing this? <laughs> no, we're actually going to be talking to Dr. Nick about a little bit about his, uh, his personal testimony and the work that he's doing with the very famous. 3am church there in Sydney mm. I have met I have been in the States Dr. Nick I don't know if you know this I've been in the States and I've run into people who've known about 3am church on the other side of the world that's how great that's, that's how cool his church is so uh, Nick tell, tell us a little bit about um, you know how you came to be a Christian yourself um, I guess I was born into it it's, it's, it's hard to say if I was actually born into the church as such mm-hmm. Um, mm. my parents split when I was at the age of three so I kind of did grow up with with my mum and and it wasn't really a, a home where where we talked about religion and things like that and my mum kind of left the church um, around that time as well around the split and so I didn't really grow up into the church I had some influences when I would visit my dad who, who kept going to church and, and I learned a little bit about that but I guess incidentally my my dad um, found work overseas um, and I was getting older at that time I was around 16 and it, it enabled me to, to really explore Christianity for myself mm-hmm. really explore the reasons why I went to church with my dad the reasons why I believed what I believed and so that that enabled me to be more independent Mm. in in searching for God myself and then ultimately making the decision that, yeah, God is real, God cares about me and and uh, he's worth giving my life to. Mm. It's true. I think a lot of people often struggle with this concept of like, I was born in the church, that means I don't have a story kind of a thing. But you mm. know what, you know, irrespective of, of, you know, what you were born into, at some point you do have to make the decision for yourself as an adult. And, mm, and yeah. I, I definitely want to encourage people who think, oh, I haven't got some sort of, you know, I used to be an addict and now I'm a Christian. Like that's, if that's not your story, it doesn't mean you don't have a story. Mm. There is such uh, an example in lives where there was just a constant gentle growing in Christ. Yeah, and I was very thankful that my dad never pushed me with mm-hmm. religion. Um, he allowed me to explore it myself and mm-hmm. to, to question it myself and to make my own conscious decision about it um, rather than, you know, I have to follow because it's his religion and things like that. So it was actually, yeah, it helped me to, to be more rounded in mm-hmm. knowing what I believe rather than knowing based upon what my father believed. And you now have a very active faith, actually, which is great. Um, so you've been involved in this one particular ministry, 3AM indeed. Uh, when did that all start? It, it kind of started during a working bee. We were patching up a, a wall, fixing up the church on a, on a working bee on a Sunday. And then the discussion came up about starting up a church. And, and so it, it was something between two other guys. We We, we just... After the working bee, 
we sat down and we started exploring the possibilities of of doing university ministry. I was at uni at the time. I think I was in my second or third year. And so we yeah, started fleshing out this idea of how about we, we plant a church? How about we do more for God? I was a youth leader at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and just working for the young people and reaching out to the young people and and doing something more outside, you know, just the church, administering to a university was something that we started to flesh out. And, and we actually became inspired. And I believe God led us into that direction because the way that he opened up the minds of other people and, and other people who, who picked up on that, that thought as well, it, it, the way it worked out, working God working in their life, kind of culminated in us eventually meeting up with some other young people um, within the youth group and and talking about this concept and everyone getting excited about it. So I really think it was a, a God-led um, initiative. And how old were you at the time? Because you said you were in like your second year at uni, so you must have been pretty young. Yeah, I think I was 19. So this is, this, is, this is what I love to hear. I love to hear, like, I think a lot of kids will listen to this and go, oh, you know, starting a church, that's something only grown-ups do. Mm. And here we have like a 19-year-old, like someone who's, you know, still a teenager, just be like, do you know what? I'm going to start a church. Mm. I, that, that's amazing. I think that's such a great example. So uh, you guys actually started to, 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 really, to really work on this ministry, to work on this project. And uh, how long did it take for it to really sort of get to the point where we are, you're having your first, your first real church day kind of a thing? Mm. I think officially the date of us opening the church, so our church is 14 years old, so that will be 2004. Um, we had a very supportive pastor who who basically guided us, and so we were very blessed to have, have his guidance. So I, I think it took about a year for us from the initial thought to, to planning with the other um uh, youth there uh, to actually get it off the ground to to then going to the university, opening up the doors and and starting our church. Now you you have already mentioned it several times. Uh, I guess what what might be an interesting concept to some people about your church in that it is a university church. It is geared at students. Can you give us a little breakdown? Uh, how does that work? How does like how does your evangelism uh, look compared to I guess you know. The usual typical Billy, Crus- you know, Billy Graham crusade kind of evangelism. Like, what are the workings of a of a university church compared to a regular church? I think the community is the most important thing because you know, young people when they go to university, they're faced with um, a different facet of life. Um, they're, they're launched into being more independent. They're they're focusing on their career and these changes, and often that comes with a certain level of isolation. And so. Mm. We found that <clears throat> we came from a Chinese church as well. So one of the biggest focuses for us was that we felt that we were young. We were university students. We had, a, I guess, a competitive advantage in being university students, being young, also being of Asian background, that we would focus on the international students at the university. They come from their country. They're often socially isolated. We one focus of our, our ministry was the care groups. And so we were able to, to provide that, I guess, small group family ministry so that we can cater to their social needs, as well as being of the same age group, being the same cultural background, we can also cater to, to that need that they have as well. So I guess knowing your target, knowing um, where you want to focus on, not that we don't focus on adults or, or young families, etc., but just knowing the target, 
knowing what we have and what we can provide, it was able to cater our, our ministry according to, to that. Mm. Yeah, oh man, uh, that's, that's so awesome. I, I'm, I'm working in church planting at the moment. Um, well, I'm working as a Bible worker for a church plant. And yeah, context and understanding how you can reach your community um, in the best, most accurate, pinpoint, precise way is is definitely what's what's going to be the most in, effective in, in evangelism and soul winning. You, you know, uh, in your context, it was international students. Some context might be low socioeconomic areas. Some context might be, um, yeah, just all over the place. And it's like, it's awesome to see. Like, it's so impressive that it, it was like, a bunch of young people were like, yes, we are in this context. We need to reach these people. So let's just do it. Let's yeah. just like, let's just try and get all these people to come to church. And, and, uh, was there a considerable amount of red tape that you had to get through in order to start this church, Nick? Um, yeah, I wouldn't say considerable. Um, we did have, we did sadly have one pastor who also wasn't very, um, for it, and so we did get it. Uh, it's sad that sometimes internally you, you get a lot of um, yeah uh, setbacks. It's true, um, but we did have the blessing of the majority of the church, um, mm. even within the youth. Actually, the the sadly enough that sometimes the some of the other older youth were were. They looked negatively upon it. They thought that why why focus on outside. Let's focus on inside mm. the church. And I had this concept that, well, the way to help inside the church focus is to outside. focus outside the church. Amen. So if we're not actively reaching out, we can't help reaching in. Yeah. So part of, I guess, fundamental to us being Christians is to to share the gospel message. And if we're not, if we're not feeding this important aspect of evangelism, then spiritually we're, we become hermits. We, spiritually we become self-focused, self-centered, and that really is, is, is contradictory to us being Christians. We, we need to serve others. Mm. And if we're serving ourselves, it, it, we felt that you know, this is not going to work. So we actually did find a lot of opposition from the young people uh, within our church, and so yeah, that was a very sad aspect um, uh, of how we started. Did you have to motivate them or just move on without them? We tried our best to motivate them. We tried our best because we actually didn't start as a full-on shift from our old church to the new church plant. It was actually quite challenging. We would have normal church at our our church in Strathfield, and then in the afternoons we would basically move those people who were keen to go along. We would go to the university at New South Wales um, and run a whole service. So basically we were running two services every week. Um, it was physically challenging, but mm-hmm. that was a way that we would transition. We would try to encourage the young people to come along, hey, see what we're doing, get excited, see the big people that we've met, see the, 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 the other young people that are interested to know about God and get them excited about it. But because of the opposition and because of other young people saying, oh, no, don't go along with them, you don't want to be a part of them, kind of, that, that made it a little bit discouraging and challenging. And yeah, but we did provide opportunities um, for them. 
but yeah, we did have a, a fair bit of opposition. Well, I'm really glad you moved through it, and I I do believe that any time the Lord is about to move on a on a on a big project, on a good project, the devil will throw, um, you know, blocks in the way, and they'll often be f- blocks that look familiar to us, um, that often not, you know, blocks that are left field that the th- people or things around us will usually be what you know comes and tries to get in the way. Now, I I really like that you address, um, I suppose, something that really touches my heart and that is the issue of loneliness in today's society, especially in Australia. There's really no need for loneliness. Um, there's so many people here and you know, Australians are famed for their friendliness. And so it kind of saddens my heart that there are people who are lonely when it has, it, to me, it's such an easy fix. So I love the way that you guys uh, have focused on reaching you know, uni students, international students who come over here. And like you said, they're isolated from the from their usual family and friends and you sort of become their family. And that's really the feel that I have gotten every time that I've gone to 3am is that it's like a mishmash family. It's, mm. you know, all these people, all these like singular units have come together and they've created like their own family. And it's, uh, it's a really warm experience to, to, to go to your church. Um, can you tell me, tell us before we get to the end of the show, we have about two minutes left, but before we forget, tell us how people can uh, visit your church. Well, we are, uh, you can, we've got a website um, at, uh, www.0300.org um, that's got uh, the details of how you can visit our church we've also got a Facebook just look up 3am church um, uh, they'll have the details there on, on how you can come and visit our church as well so that website again was www.0300.org yeah, very cool. I just want to share a little story. It's a little personal story. But I actually wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for Nick's wife, Anne-Marie. I don't know if Nick knows this, but uh, your wife, before you guys were, you know, she became your wife, um, she was Bible working at a campaign that was happening in Sydney and someone had taken me along to the campaign. This is basically when I'd left the church in my early 20s. And I remember meeting her there and she was really warm and inviting and friendly and she took me, you know, took me inside and sat me down for this campaign. And then she remembered me every time that I came and she'd always come and greet me and um (laughs) the next year when i had uh I was you know, going through my conversion experience and I had decided to apply for a Bible college because I wanted to know more about the Bible. Um, but the application form had asked me for my testimony and I, I was so green. I was like, I don't even know what a testimony is. <laughs> it was such a hard question. I was like, do you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to send it in without answering the question, even though it was like the main part of the application. And so I sent it in and, uh, and the staff got it at the other end and they were looking at it. It was actually Lyle who received my application and he was looking at it and he's like, well, this person hasn't answered the question. We're well forget this one, I'm going to chuck it out and Anne-Marie was sitting next to him and she saw the name on the application form and she's like no I know that girl she's been coming to the campaign you have to let her in I know that girl and so Lyle and Anne-Marie decided to accept me into the Bible college even though I hadn't filled in the application form and then I went through Bible college and just had you know most amazing spiritual mm. uh, growth time so it was actually your wife that was quite instrumental uh, yeah. in my being here how cool is that? Yeah, she, she's an amazing woman. That's why I married her. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Shout out to wife. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for joining us this morning, Dr. Nick. We appreciate the work that you and your wife are doing. And uh, if you would like to visit 3AM, join, uh, join us there. We'll join Nick and his wife there. You can jump on our socials right now and uh, check out the address.
easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. 